JJ with us today. Um, that's because he has fallen into his uh, reclusive stage with his uh, new boyfriend um, or uh, has uh, disappeared from the face of the earth on a, a poly pack around the world um, uh, road trip slash hitchhike or has suffered a third anal injury, you choose the excuse. Actually, he's just working. Uh, and we had to schedule this uh, special you know, recording. We're, we usually do in batches. We're just doing this one today because we got a very, very, very special and very, very busy guest. Uh, so we are going to be talking later today with Britta Filter. And the reason I say we even though JJ is not here, is we have a very special guest host. It's our very first guest host, ladies and gentlemen, from her prior appearance on the podcast as a guest, my very good Judy, the lovely Giselle. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing on this beautiful Memorial Day? I am I'm, I'm alive. You know, I went out last night. I'm visiting a friend in White Plains. I don't know if you know where that is. I don't. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's where all corp all New York corporations are headquartered because they they put their accounting and business divisions up there because they don't have to pay New York City tax, I believe. Really? Yeah, it's like a whole new like, world up here. All the law firms, all the banks, all the major people, they put all their back offices up in White Plains. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'm in someone's back office right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really great name for a gay club in um white plains the back office the back office oh my god that'd be great i actually was uh i was out last night i was looking up gay places around here wow this uh this deep voice today um <laughs> i was i was looking up gay places around here and there are zero there are none surprisingly <laughs> not um how apt is the name of the town though is it all white plain people um, no, not really. It's like, it's a lot of Irish people and like, you know, yes. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I don't consider Irish people white. <laughs> I, don't I don't wait. You don't consider Irish people, the palest complected people, <laughs> aside from vampires in the world as white. You know, I I feel like it's like a, a a weird mental like I feel like when I think white people, I think Americans. And like if you're not American, you're not white. Even though yes, your skin is white, but I just like I guess I don't associate the word white with like your actual skin. I consider it with like American So to you, Swedish people, not white. Norwegians, not white. French, not white. English, not white. The English are not white, but the Americans are. I don't know. I'm drunk. You, <laughs> you judge skin tone by accent. Apparently. Apparently I do. <laughs> well, I think I I think Boris Johnson would be surprised to know he's not a white person. Um uh so 
let's just kiki for a little bit you know we don't have to talk about anything deep because i think we're really going to get into it with britta she's been on a a mission about um online bullying and mental health and i'm hoping she really wants to talk about that otherwise we'll play a fun game and you can look for her work online um why don't you tell everybody about your extremely exciting gig this summer well i don't mind if i do (laughs) um yeah i've been booked and blessed i've been booked out in p-town for the entire summer season they have me doing a uh, sunday service brunch at the pilgrim house and i'm there almost every sunday and i'm going to be living in p-town from june through november 1st so bye new york (laughs) that is crazy what you were telling me that you you were really looking for a change of pace so here it is i really was like the city for me was just i i was almost at my wit's end i i think i was done i was like i've been here seven years and i was just like it's just not for me anymore i'm not happy i'm not finding my happiness here and like i think i need to find something else and then literally this was just handed to me and I was like, wait a minute. I love the universe sometimes. The law of attraction <laughs> is such a special thing. Yeah, it's working out real great for me. Um, so <laughs> everything's happening. <laughs> everything's coming up Millhouse. Um, but I, you know, I've had that feeling about leaving New York recently. The thing is, I can't think of a single place other than LA where I could pursue the kind of stuff I want to pursue. And if I were leaving New York, the primary reason would be for a cost of living reduction. And that is not LA. It's not. I, although I do feel like LA is like pretty comparable to New York. They're like almost the same. Like, And I think you can pay, like Sherry Vine was telling me she pays less than she paid for her studio apartment. And she has like a pool. Great. So then why are you saying it's more expensive? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because it's, it's not more expensive. It's the same. I mean, you get more for your money, but like, it's the same. Like, I ain't going to L.A. to live in a in a shack. Yeah, but you also in L.A. you need to have a car, and that's a way other expense. So, and the aggravation of driving, which I did experience when I went to L.A. on vacation a few years ago, and like that was I knew I knew about it going. I knew it was going to happen. I knew I wasn't going to like it because I get very frustrated with things like that. And I sat in that car, and I. Th- thought about vehicular homicide oh man because i've only been to is, la once nothing is far away you just can't get to it so you're literally sitting in traffic for like an hour and a half looking on the horizon of where you want to be yikes it's like i just want to i could i what i should do is i should set get out of the car set it on fire to claim the insurance money and then just walk And that's what I should do every time. I should just drive a little bit just so I'm walking distance, blow up the car, walk to the walk to the place, enjoy my evening, take an Uber back and then use the insurance money to buy a new car, rinse, lather, repeat. Great. And then the next weekend, blow up another car and then hell, blow up an Uber. Who knows? It would probably assist with my general state of aggravation. (laughs) I need to set more things on fire, I think is the lesson here. Oh, yeah. No, I love fire. Fire is great. <laughs> <laughs> I need to break more things. Have you heard of those things in those places in New York where you can just go and smash shit? I have heard of them. I feel like I don't know if I could do that in front of other people. I think I would be embarrassed 
to showcase the level. Because I think I'd unlock some things. I think things would get real, real. Things might get real deep there and you might start like crying or something. Oh, yeah. No, no. There would be crying. There would be crying. There would maybe be like a primal scream. I might storm the Capitol. Like, you know. (laughs) Rub onions on your eyes. Whatever. I would go... I would go dressed as, I would do it with you. One, you have to go with me. You have to be Giselle, and I'll be dressed as the um, insurrection uh, shaman. The what? <laughs> Come on, you know the insurrection uh, shaman, shaman. He's, uh, he's, he was the super hot insurrectionist who dressed like Braveheart. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Right. We will see him in gay porn imminently i'm sure he already is in gay porn well i think he is straight i know he like lived with his mother i do believe he is currently in prison but i feel like porn is going to be the avenue for him once released i mean well if he lives with his mother clearly he needs money so (laughs) well you know well i mean they gave money to fucking kyle rittenhouse that murderer um, so I'm sure the right will raise money for him and he'll, he'll, he'll get a show on Fox news and, um, uh, be a millionaire and yeah, because, um, the universe is broken. Anyway, Provincetown. <laughs> <laughs> no, Provincetown's going to be fun. I was actually just looking up, um, the other shows that we have at the Pilgrim house all summer and honey, I'm going to be rubbing elbows with all of the legends. All Ooh. of the legends are going to be there. Say their names. We got Tammy Brown, we got Latrice Royale, we got Coco Peru, we got Ada Vox, we got Madam. She's going to be there all summer. We got... Um, but is it Madam or is it is it Raja as Madam? <laughs> I hope it's Raja as Madam. I will lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> she is the only Madam now. Well, I hope to at least make it up as a visitor. Uh, as, as our audience does not know, we were pitching real hard for me to get up there and have a a little residency as well. But naturally any email I send is unreturned. Return to sender. Return to sender. That is the nature of my outreach. Though I, I know that's, that's a, I mean, is the majority, but, uh, I did actually, I have a call with a record label next week. I don't think they're going to do anything, but it's at least a call. That's great. Anyway. That's really great. And you know what? Think about it this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a JJ right now, and I'm gonna think of the positives. Ugh. Um, you 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 wanted to leave. You wanted to go to P Town for the summer, and then it it kind of just did not happen. But then your June filled up. You are booked, blessed the entire month of June, the entire Pride Month. You are show after show after show, club, another club, bus. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am. It would just be nice if I were getting paid for any of them, as opposed to spending thousands of dollars on dancers and costumes, hoping to get at least 10 additional Instagram followers. Welcome to my life. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my life. Because we were thinking about even doing a combined show together, because we were tossing around the idea of Jack and Jizz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like who doesn't want a glass of Jack and Jizz, honestly. <laughs> well, let's talk about 
Speaking of Jitno, uh, let's talk about your, before we go to break, your show you just had at City Winery, which was so good. That crowd, it was packed. They weren't all family and friends. Like, there were audience members, and they loved it. Honey, it was wild. Like, that was one of the best shows we've ever done. And by we, I mean me and the House of Giselle. Um, No, we wanted to do, like, one one nice big show, because we used to do them, like, every other month down at the duplex. Uh, uh, But, you know, audiences started dwindling as they do. Um, But, no, this show was just wild. It was a packed house. People were just throwing money at us. Like, the venue was so great. They just kept giving us free everything, free this, free that. Like, it was incredible. And, like, I honestly, I... I don't know what I did to deserve it, but here we are, and it's amazing. So, oh, I sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. You, you, you weren't on stage when your sisters pulled me up. Oh wait, why did you go up? Did you do the banana contest? No. So Carrie Swanson goes. Do we have a voracious bottom in the audience who will crawl around the stage and clean up these ones? And so Horny Beaver yelled, "Where's Jack?" <laughs> and you, you, you know, brought your snail trail all the way up. I did. I, I made a real, sh- I mean, you know, I hammed it up. I made a real show of it. So I crawled across that stage. I did a couple uh, somersaults. Uh, I was not wearing underwear, so my ass was out a bit. Um, Strange. I know how much you hate being on stage. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I hate attention. Um so, yeah, I, I I cleaned up all those ones and pushed them all under the piano for you. And uh, I, they interviewed me a bit. I forget what they, I mean. They, I think they just, I was just doing, I was doing a bit. So they were doing, they were like, so are you, so tell us, Jack, are you, are you gay? And I just said, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I answered that to several other questions just to like keep it consistent. No, it was a really, really great night. The food was good. The audience was good. Terrible. The uh, the headliner, the the host, she was just up. She was just on it. She's so sharp, so funny, off the cuff, and she always is. But man, just everyone was firing on all cylinders. All the performances were great. I've never seen you know. I've only seen Carrie a couple times, but that was the best performance I've seen from her. Same. I've never seen So Horny before. Um, you got to sing live. It was great. I was telling them like. You got you got to keep doing it like every other month or once a quarter or something like it's it was great. Yeah, we're actually planning not we they because I'll be gone, but they're they're planning another show there in July. It's not official yet, but I think I can leak a little information. We're thinking of doing a Christmas spectacular in July. Yes, so Horny told me and uh, asked if I would sing. So. Ooh. Booked and blessed. Already got my July gig. All right. Well, we will give you a break to go look up all of our gigs, book your plans to uh, book your travel to Provincetown and research and follow the House of Giselle. And we'll be right back to, uh, I don't know, shoot the shit some more. We are back with my very special guest star, uh, Giselle, the only Giselle, no longer Giselle Amour. But uh, is there any Amour in your in your life, or or was the name change signifying the fact that you were done with love? <laughs> um, no, I still very much am a lover. 
um, but there is none in my life. It is barren and it is, my life is a cemetery. It's full of ghosts. <laughs> so we don't, we don't like to name names on this podcast unless they like truly piss me off. And then like, I will dog walk you. But so, um, so we won't say the name, but you were dating somebody recently. Let's call them Schmod Schmigo. And <laughs> What, 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 where did that go? What happened to that? I, I never met him. I heard he was very hot. Um, It literally just dwindled. It unfortunately was just like, it got real hot, real heavy, real soon. And I think it spooked him and he, he wanted to take a step back. And by take a step back, I think he meant done. Because it was like, went from a thousand to like zero. And then he just re- stopped responding to my texts. So... I, I am I'm just convinced that and I'm I don't know if I'm possibly might be one of them. I don't know. But I just don't think gay people want relationships anymore. It's so wild. Like I feel I it I feel like it is that, honestly, because I feel like there's such a like a plethora now of just I don't know if it's more so now than ever, but just like People whores. like hookup culture and whores and like <laughs> whores. Whores. And I say that as a whore. I'm a whore. Yeah, I am not. Um, I kind of <laughs> wish I was, but I, I just am not. But no, nobody wants a relationship anymore. Because like, I feel like people think once they're like in a relationship, you know, they're only having sex with one person for the rest of their lives. Because, you know, as gays, we can't get what, a relationship what, without thinking. What gay, re- what gay relationship do you know that that's the case? exactly like it's it's so wild i know it's it's wild like no i'm definitely looking for a relationship but just not right now you know well yeah you're gonna you're going to be the star of a show you will be in provincetown for a period of time but you know what that you you know what's going to happen to you you are going to meet someone up there that's what's going to happen i can guarantee that and i know myself i'm going to meet someone i'm going to fall in love in like two weeks and then i'm going to my set myself up for heartbreak when I have to come back to New York in November. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I know myself. <laughs> All I hear in my head is summer loving from Greece. Oh, man. That's, that's what I imagine for you. Um, um, I, it's funny. I, I, so I, I had my last matchmaker date and it went really, really well. The only one that went well, the first one went really, really well, and then naturally he texted me the day of and was like the day of our second date and was like, actually, I just decided to get back together with my ex to have a great life. Um Right. But I mean, I cannot I cannot tell you the amount of times that has happened to me. But it gave me uh inspiration for a really great song. Uh I think the new single uh for my next album. So hey, gave me something. But um the it went really well. I actually he lives in Miami. And has a home that he's selling actually in Boston. So I went to Hudson, New York for the weekend oh. to like meet him. He came down from Boston. I went up from here. JJ watched Max. And it was great. It was great. It was thunderclaps. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because we are still, you know, talking. Uh, but I will say he... We had the kind of sex that I want. 
Yes. It was, and, and connected on a whole bunch of things. And every time we kept talking, and it was like, oh, we're very similar in this way. We're also very similar in this way. We're also, he's older, which I like. Um, uh, yeah. So I won't talk much more than that because he does listen to this podcast. Uh, but uh, we're still talking. We're figuring, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's just, you know, we'll see because he lives in Miami and I live here. So I don't, and I have no plans to move to Miami in the near term. And he has no plans to move here. So it's one of those things where we're just going to keep talking and figuring it out. What are your, um, thoughts on like long distance relationships i've never really done it i mean i guess you could say i did it in when i first moved to new york i still had a boyfriend who was still back at college because he decided a a fifth year in college was a good idea no he was not pre-med he was just lazy um so he was there for a bit that relationship should have ended when i left college but in those years, I was, you know, I've talked about it before on the pod. I I had my mother's voice in my head, which was like, hi, you're a weirdo. And there's probably only going to be like two or three people in your it, that might possibly want to be in a relationship with you. So once you find them, stay with them. So I had that in my head. So I did not break up with him. And I, that lasted way longer than it should have Um but, you know, when he finally became a full-fledged alcoholic, that was the time to leave. Um, but, so that's it. So that was for a couple months while I was first here in New York. But, yeah, no, I've never really done it. it I mean, the, the over, it's, it appeals to me in one way that I like my own space and I like my own, like, I got shit to do. And I can't be with someone who's, like, I feel like is bugging me. <laughs> Like, uh-huh. we need so to have sort of a... You. Hmm? So love bugs you? Huh, interesting. Well, well it's just, I, I, I like love in small doses. True, okay. Right, I got shit to do. Like, I like love, like, twice a week, and, like, sex, like, four times a week. So, so, right, I don't always have time to... I, I can't, I mean, last night was the first time in, I don't know, months, that I actually just sat on the couch and watched television. Like, I, I got, I'm firing on all cylinders. I'm trying to make something happen. I'm 40 this year. Um, so anyway, so I need, so that appeals to me. What doesn't appeal to me is I prefer my relationships to be monogamous. And if I am not getting dick down four times a week, like, that can, like, uh, ah, haha. So there would have to be some sort of compromise. And that would also, long distance plus open. In some capacity. I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it. He listens to this podcast. We are we have met once. So like like yeah. let's slow that down. Um but yeah, no, it's just one of those things where you know. Uh I have recently had good luck on the apps up here too and met a couple people and uh yeah, I don't want to talk much more about that. But I don't like to talk about I don't like to talk people who I'm currently dating because they'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like, you went on a date with someone else? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not beholden to anyone right now. Um anyway. Um do you f- so we're almost out of time, but I did want to there was one more thing I wanted to talk to you about, so we can just touch on it briefly. I think so you and I we met through Tinder and went on a couple dates. Uh, and ended up becoming friends, um, which in hindsight was the best idea because of something 
I didn't fully appreciate about you in the beginning that just would have been an incompatibility for the two of us, which is that you identify as a side. I do. Can you explain? I have only learned about this term in the last year. Yeah, same. I mean, I was out with a friend and I was telling them about, you know, my sex life and stuff. And they're like, oh, you're a side. And I was like, like what's that? What do you mean? And they're like, well, so a side is, um, you know, a typical gay world. You have a top and a bottom. Um, but for me, I don't really like either of those. I just don't like penetration. Um, so I much prefer all the other stuff, like, you know, the foreplay, the oral, the, you know, other stuff like that. And like, that's called a side. Like if you don't do top or bottom and you just do the other stuff, it's called a side. So apparently I, I, I would consider myself now a verse side because I, I can do the other stuff, but it's not that I like fully enjoy it. It's just like, it's fine and like whatever, but I much enjoy the other stuff. And yeah, I guess that's something I didn't like tell you when we started taking. Right. Because so, I've seen it in... I saw it in some Tinder profiles I was swiping. I was like, what is this? And I looked it up and I was like, huh. Because I also, like many, 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 many years ago, I knew two tops. Actually, I know two couples where they're both tops and they're not open. And I kept thinking to myself, Bahal. Bahal. And I was like, wait, so does one of you, do you just like flip a coin? And it's like, oh, fuck, I got to take it tonight. They're like, no, we don't. We just don't do penetration. And I'm just like, my, you know, I, my mind, ex- my brain exploded. Like I, because I mean, I have a finger in me now. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I'm penetration. Like I. So yeah. technically so, they're, yeah. they're not tops because they're not topping, right? So they're but not I tops anymore. Their, I think for them, now I don't, I mean, this is many, many years ago, and I, I don't talk to them anymore, so I don't really know, but I got the sense that outs, when they were single, they were and did, but they chose, because they loved each other and wanted monogamy, they chose a relationship where they just both decided not to, which, uh, never. And I have also dated tons of guys recently or in the last like year who would say stuff like oh yeah you know me and my partner broke up you know for the last three years we weren't having sex and I said I'm sorry if it's three weeks we're having a talk (laughs) and they're like well you know it was kind of mutual neither of us really wanted to and I'm like then I'm out girl I'm I'm jumping out the plane we done right yeah no I mean I I I I can't say that that blows my mind crazy because I'm not a very sexual person either. Um, I I just, you know, I don't have it a lot. I don't crave it a lot. I don't even, you know, like masturbation. I barely do it. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, we're just very, me and you, different sides of the spectrum. So it's, right. it's, it's a good thing that we didn't get together because we would have been miserable well it wouldn't have happened it just wouldn't have happened because i i have dated i have gone on dates with other people where like we're on like date six and still like nothing we're like kissing but that's it and i'm just like okay i can handle like old-fashioned for like a little bit but i need to know what the dick do i need to know what the dick do like if this is going to be a long-term thing i need to know what the dick do anyway no i was gonna say and you know what from the lyrics to my song, Jack, you're missing out because this big bitch is well endowed. 
Well, thank you. I'm so glad that uh, that the Lord blessed you with uh, uh, something. It's it, it's it, with a talent that uh, that you are keeping from the world. Great, um, lovely. So uh, anyway, uh, we will leave you this break to uh, see if you can find Google images of Giselle's uh, massive cock, and uh, we will be right back with the legendary Brita filter. You may recognize our next guest from Broad City, SNL with Katy Perry, Fusion's Shade Queens of NYC, The Daily Show, or, of course, season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race, where she was the first Polynesian queen to compete for the crown. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so happy to have with us the legendary New York City icon, Britta Filter. Yes! (laughs) I do think we need a soundboard on this show. Yeah, everyone needs a soundboard. I need a soundboard in my pocket at all times. Right. What? So, what would your sounds be? What would you carry with you? Definitely the pium 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 sound. That like DJ sound. When I get married, I definitely want to walk down the aisle to like the pium 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 pium. Um, and then obviously the shade button from Drag Race. Everyone just needs it in their pocket. Right. <laughs> you can buy those I, I... now. Apparently. You can, you can. I have quite a few actually, um, but they none of them have batteries in it, so they just sit there staring. At me the <laughs> I always said my wedding processional would be Ludacris's move, bitch. A work, I- and I would just like face palm people as I walk down the aisle. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> I love that. That's the best one yet. <laughs> just throwing bows. Um, so. This is, of course, a dating, sex, and relationship podcast. Would you like to spill a little tea, Britta, on uh, your current relationship status? Um, I'm single, ready to mingle. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I just recently started, like, dipping my toe back into the water after Miss Pandemi Lovato decided to ruin our lives. Um, so it, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to dip my toe. <laughs> is is that all you're dipping? It's you know I I I don't want to jinx anything. I I keep on meeting these guys at the club, and I'm very I as, as soon as someone shows me any interest, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> and, and he's become a school girl, and I'm like, oh my god, he likes me for me and not for Britta. <laughs> do do you find that you meet do you meet people as Britta or or? Is that a complicated like endeavor for you? Uh yeah, you know, it has been in the past. The I uh, there's there's been times where I've realized that people only like me because of what comes with Britta. You, right. The first like real big relationship that I kind of um uh in a while had was like right when I was reaching that transition be, be from being um a nobody to she's on drag race and so my last boyfriend i like to think that he was with me because um he loved me dearly but i think it was because he enjoyed the uh you know the the glitz and the glam and the spectacle of life unfortunately but i'm very grateful for him right well i know you 
as Britta currently, and we are doing a, a gig together on June 30th to raise money for abortion rights called Abort the Court. June 30th, 6.30 p.m. Get your tickets at abortthecourt.eventbrite.com. We'll be at the Stonewall Inn, closing Pride with activism. Uh, and the one thing I know about Britta, which I have to imagine uh, is, is not just exclusive to Britta, is anyone who talks about you, and I've experienced this myself, says how incredibly kind and generous you are. Oh, they're right. (laughs) And humble. Uh. (laughs) I'll take it. Um, That's nice. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a big, it's something that I've, oh, I I strive to uh, focus on. You know, I remember being so uh, not... Like, I, I remember being not welcomed in the gay community for the longest time. And so it's kind of why I started drag is because I wanted to make sure that everyone had a safe space and felt like they belonged. Because for a long time, I felt like I didn't belong. There's so many people in, like, Hell's Kitchen where I would go out and I I would feel judged. And I was like, God, I hate this fucking feeling. I never want anyone to feel like this. So it's a big reason on why I, I believe in to lead with kindness. I mean, girl, I feel that way now going to Hell's Kitchen. I lived there for 10 years, and I go back now to, like, meet someone for a drink or something, and I'm like, oh, I hate it here. <laughs> I want to go to the West Village. I want to go to... It's you know, so oh. bad. Like, the crowd in Hell's Kitchen is just so, like, everyone's just I'm... staring at everyone. Like, if you're not wearing the right clothes, like, it's just terrible. Well, Giselle, you've worked with Britta. I have worked with Britta, and I was, I was going to mention that because, like, honestly, like, I... I literally had never met you before Lady Liberty, only saw you on Drag Race, you know, whatever. Um, I think I'd been to a couple of your shows down at Pieces um, years ago when you were with, uh, I think, Ruby. Yeah, Ruby. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you, like, backstage, you were seriously the sweetest. Like, and not just, like, you can tell when, like, people are just, like, being nice because, you know, you know, who's yeah, watching. Or fake just, ass bitch. Yeah, yeah fake ass bitches. <laughs> but you literally, like, not to, like, you know, make you blush or anything, but you're so kind. Like, you are the type of person who, like, you ask people questions about themselves. And that's something I remembered specifically because, like, that is a sign of, like, such a true kind person and someone who actually right. cares. And you're just, you're so special, Britta. <laughs> oh, thanks for saying that. That that makes, yeah, that makes my day. Thank you. I really appreciate that kindness. Yeah. And, and the reason we, we specifically wanted to take that moment to, to, to say that to you is because of sort of the the bullshit you've been subjected to disproportionately, I think, on, and not that any proportion is right, but especially you on social media. And I know that's a real focus for you right now in terms of your art. Can you, do you want to share anything about sort of your journey and, and what you've had to deal with and, and how you're, how it's impacting your, your art today? Yeah, I mean, uh, during Drag Race, I had a really hard time when it was coming out. Not only was there, like, the uh, pandemic Lovato that we were all pushed in, um, but, like, it, it, I was obviously the, the, the season, the pandemic season of Drag Race. So, you know, I thought that I was going to go tour the world and, like, uh, go go out there and meet people and have a good time and experience it all. And it kind of turned into me alone at my parents' house. Um, 
reading uh, social media and people just coming for me for no apparent reason, really. I mean, there was a reason. I, I don't think that Drag Race definitely portrayed me in the best light. Uh, RuPaul wrote that nice little song, Blame It on the Edit, but you and you fucking edited an entire bitch out of our season. So I was like, well, this song doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of hate, a lot of, a lot of hate. I would get thousands of messages uh, a week of people just telling me to, like, go kill myself and that I was horrible. And I was like, I understand that we're all going through it because we're in a pandemic and none of us can see each other. But it was a lot for me to handle, and I had a really hard time with it. But, um, and it's been quite the healing process, to be honest. We're, like, two years out of my season, and I'm finally coming to and, like, realizing and working through things Um appropriately so it's been quite the journey i am so grateful for it because i'm a lot more aware of of what i deserve and 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 who i am and the kind of people i want to surround myself around and individuals and tv production companies that i do and don't want to work for because they either like to take care of you or don't like to take care of you so it's um yeah it's all been a great learning experience um but goddamn was it rough <laughs> yeah it's it's you know the whole we were actually just talking about this um Giselle and I offline but um the whole idea that you know I, I've heard RuPaul talk before about like you know you know girls can complain but you know they said what they said or this and that and it's like well like I think she was really talking about Fifi at the time was was it was sort of that era and yes people you know said what they said but uh, you know and we don't have to talk about we'll, we'll leave it here with drag race but like girl when you were complaining about people who were you know you were working really hard and other people were sleeping in the workroom I, like i have never felt more seen and i was with you in that moment because i am the kid who never wanted a group project in class because i knew damn well i was going to do all the work and get the a plus and they were going to ride my coattails and not even thank me so when you were complaining about people sleeping in the workroom i was like mm-hmm, i am with you <laughs> yeah we actually we just refilmed the reunion um a couple weeks ago we were all just together uh we've never we've never been with each other since the final episode so it was really special for all of us to be back together again um and it was something that came up so much was right. the bitch sleeping <laughs> but we love her so much i love aiden so much and she right. takes it as a joke now it's so funny but um it, it's it it was all it wasn't that funny when it was happening and I was getting bullied for it. So was that, was that, is it, is it like a, a Rue Wow production or, or was that just you guys getting together? Like, is that coming to television? Um, yeah, it's with World of Wonder. Yeah, we filmed it at Dreadcon. Oh, wow. Okay, great. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's super great. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be, it's a really good episode. Nice. Who, who, uh, who are you, were you able to... Were your sisters, whether Rue or otherwise, was there anyone who was particularly there for you um, during those moments, you know, where you were dealing with the social media? You know, I, I have received my own amount of, of, on a much smaller scale, of course. I was not on national television, but of, you know, just people being nasty on Instagram just for being gay on the internet. Um, but uh, was there anyone who was particularly, like, there for you and had your back? They were all they were all there for me um, at one point or another, which I'm grateful for. There, and uh, 
yeah, they 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 all did the best, but also like it was during a time where it's supposed to be the best part of our life, and I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that girl that's like trying to bring down the mood in any way. Um, right. That wasn't my intention by any of it, but uh, I kind of I kept to myself a lot. Um, I I had, you know, I had my ex boyfriend at the time. If I wasn't dating him during this, I don't know what what would have happened because I he was really my rock during this entire time, and even though. He's a fucking dickhead, and he made out with Tina Burner. Um, he, 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 he. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, did wait? I so I'm imagining. I'm okay. So tell me if this is how it happens. He comes home late at night, uh, later than expected. You haven't heard from him, and he's just covered in red and yellow. And you're like, you were with. Get it out of here. I prefer the hamburglar. <laughs> I knew who you were with. It was either it was either Tina Burner or Ronald McDonald. And either way, I'm not pleased. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was there. He was there for me, and I I'm grateful enough to have like reconnected with him while I was in LA a couple of weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I it, he was he was the one that was. So I appreciate it. He even like stuck up for you. You know what sucks because on my season two, um. Uh, uh, Leslie Jones definitely came for me on the internet and uh, she was a judge of my episode and like she added to so much of the hate of other people's opinions and coming for me and like what oh I didn't know any of this what Oh you yeah, wanna- Leslie, Leslie Jones like had it out for me. So she has all these videos online of her just telling, saying that I'm a fucking fake ass, horrible bitch person, and I'm like, oh my god. So that that added to the 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 hate because she has millions of followers. So yeah, it was just it it was a big kerfuffle of stuff. But you know, I also think I was so afraid, and I think of that I I. I think that you can accidentally manifest things that you may not want and they can come into fruition. And I really think, cause I asked myself, I was like, why did this happen to me specifically? And how can I go around? Is there something that I did in my life to like bring this upon myself? Cause you know, I believe in karma and I believe in all this other stuff. And I do think that I was really, really afraid and I was wishing for the worst to not happen, but I kept on playing the worst in my mind and it kind of came into fruition, which I don't, I don't know if that sounds weird or not, but it, it uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm practicing a lot more positive thinking and trying not to be afraid or scared anymore. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's definitely the law of attraction. Like we were mentioning this earlier in the episode, like in, and the law of attraction doesn't just work for good. It works for bad too sometimes. And sometimes you attract the wrong thing. So yeah, yeah, that's, uh, totally. sorry that happened. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm much stronger for it. It's been quite the journey. Um, and, and I'm still working on myself. Thank God for therapy. God damn it. Good girl. So how is, how has this been impacting your, your drag or your performance or, or the things you're working on? I, I know you're working on a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I have a documentary that's coming out, um, I don't know when it's coming out, but they just had the premiere. I actually didn't even go to the premiere because I 
didn't want to see it. Um, I was kind of in a bad mental space and I, I'm knowing when to like say no to things, um, even if they are really important, like your own fucking documentary. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but for as when it comes to drag and like me putting that into my drag, um, it's, you know, everything that I do as predict always has a reason behind it. And so I, I created recently for Lady Liberty, um, uh, this production number, um, centered around, um, online bullying and all the hate that I got. And it was really cathartic because I even, I'm, I'm, I made video projections for it. I got dancers. I created this number. My mom even like, uh, came down to to see me do this number because I explained it to her and I was really afraid to do it. Um, and she was like, no, you have to do it. This is like a genius idea. So um, yeah, I, I, I created this this number and it was really cathartic and it, it, it's unfortunate that I had to go back and look at these text messages. I mean, these messages that people sent me because I would screenshot things just because it started to get a little scary when I started getting death threats of people pushing me off the train. Um, so I had to keep track of everything just because it was the, uh, the VH1 lawyers wanted it just in case someone was going to off me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's, that's heavy, girl. <laughs> I know, I know, but, uh, no, I created this, this number that was about it and all, all the vices that I went to during this time. I mean, it just got so bad and I got so sad that... I just, and it was during the pandemic when we didn't have anyone. We were all in like a lockdown situation. So I just relied on literally drugs and alcohol to get myself through things and then like had an overdose um, and like, oh, and tried to kill myself literally. Uh, so it, it uh, I, I'm grateful to be on the other side of it, but it was, it was a really dark and scary time. And it, yeah. you know, when it takes its, it takes its, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster. Some, some days are good or some days are bad, but I always just have to remind myself that like, it'll, it, it, it will always get better. And I just need to hang in there. I, a lot of it has been medication too. I'm really severely depressed and I didn't realize how depressed I was for a very long time, uh, until I would say recently this year. So getting medicated correctly and figuring that out and, you know, just really taking care of my health, uh, in general so that I can be, uh, the best possible, possible version of myself truly has been my focus lately. It's really difficult because I've started, um, sort of a mental health journey this year as well. And I'm, I'm also medicated and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's very, you know, I don't, it's, I think it's common sense to say, but I don't think people like realize it is you just think you're you, you know, like, oh, this is just me. You know, you don't really, you don't, you live subjectively, not objectively. So it's hard sometimes to tell whether there's an issue, you know, like to separate like, oh, there's a problem and I should seek medication versus, well, this is just who I am. And everyone's like this, right? Like, it can be difficult to like pinpoint it. But, you know, I'm very happy that you have made it through, you know, um, it is, and it is, you know, it's, it's never, unfortunately, I found like the journey doesn't end, you know, it's just, you just keep moving, you just keep going. Yeah, it's, it's always, uh, uh, it's, it's always there a little bit, but it's, you just gotta 
trust yourself and talk yourself into it just I've learned a lot and and you know going to therapy and learning more about myself and the person I am and the why and the re, the why behind a lot of things has really helped me to understand uh you know why why I tick and why I may do things god god I love therapy so fucking much oh me too and I love it it's like so expensive but I live <laughs> yeah, I wish well, I could afford it. Right. Well, Giselle, I had you civilly committed several years ago. Um, do you want to? Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, you pink papered me. <laughs> I did. Had you hauled in? Um, well, uh, I. So I'm happy that that you know you're on the other side of it. That the pandemic has. Let's. I mean, it's not over, but it's. It has opened up so that, you know, you're busy again. You're having these opportunities. You know, having mental health awareness will only make you have richer, stronger relationships, be they friendships or romantic. Um, you know, I, I think the the world is your oyster now. And it, it's it's your time to, to go out there and, and take what the world owes you. Um, so I, I wish that for you. I'm excited to see you at the end of next month to raise money for a good cause. You you recently won an award for your activism, yes? Oh, yeah, I won. Um, it was a, a Wowie Award for, like, the right side of history for my work as a... Uh, 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 for the for the election, the past election that we had. Right. Getting people um, registered to vote and making people realize how important it is to vote. And I'm, I'm the national co-chair of Drag Out the Vote, so... Uh, it, and it was amongst other incredible individuals, so I'm 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 honored for getting the soup can that is a wowie, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, so she's also an activist. So you know, all of our listeners of this podcast take to heart. You know, the if you ever want to see, especially how terribly you know people in the public eye are treated on the internet, um, definitely go look go look at a. Um, a person of color who is a drag queen or a female comedian's social media, uh, they seem to be the ones who are targeted the most. And drop some love because if if they're so tempted to scroll, make sure that you're you know helping counterbalance the the, the bullshit that is out there. But um, Britta, as other than our event together, where else should people be looking for you? What other things do you have coming up? Um, I mean, Pride Month is here, uh, is upon us. So I, I'm just busy working Pride gigs. Um, uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I have a lot of cool shit that's going to be coming out soon. I just did a thing with MTV. That's really great. And, um, uh, I just shot a pilot, but like as, as a boy, not as Britta. So it's, um, there's definitely some really cool things in the works and I'm really excited for the future, but everyone can just keep up with me and see what I'm doing by following me on all forms of social media at Dom Top. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's just on Scruff and Grind. <laughs> yeah, at the Brita Filter on all forms of social media. Well, we are very happy to have had you, Britta. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. And we will be right back after this break to either leave you with love and light or pick a fight. All right, so I've got the fight today. Uh, the fight for me is with 
male dancers. Oh. So I'm getting ready for these pride gigs, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, and I've got a 15-minute Janet Jackson-level dance extravaganza that I'm bringing to Brooklyn Pride, a music festival on Randall's Island, uh, Thirst in Hell's Kitchen with Jacqueline Dupree, who approached me after a gig I did recently and asked me to come co-host with her for four hours. And then the uh, we mentioned in the interview the show at Stonewall, the raising money for abortion rights with Britta Filter. So I need dancers. And I see... So first off, other independent artists, other than me, hoard their dancers. They they don't let you know who they are. They don't put you in contact with them because they don't want what just happened to me, which is that all of my regular dancers are booked with other people for the month of June, and I have no one. Oh, man. So I am in the process of, over the next few days, on backstage, going, getting recommendations from Instagram people, like just trying to find dancers who can execute the level of choreography that I do. And it is impossible in New York City to find male dancers. How is that even possible? I can never. Years. I don't know what it is. Uh, If if they submit on backstage and I choose them to do a self-tape or to even just reach out to them, they never reach out back. I almost wonder whether... Because there's certainly a ton of, especially gay ones. And I wonder if they don't want to get labeled as gay so that they can still do sort of female partnered numbers. I wonder if they think it'll impact their dance career if they just get labeled as like a homo dancer. I mean, no, because you know all the male dancers want to do the twirls and the dips and all that. Well, they all are. Show show me a straight man who's dancing for any of the major pop stars, you know, like. Exactly. uh, but no, it's weird. Can't, cannot find them. Can't, they don't respond to their DMs. They don't message back or they're like shitty. Like, oh, this looks cute, but it's not my style. Like. Wow. There's got to be something going on because they are everywhere. You could open a bathroom stall and those hundreds will scatter like cockroaches. It's- but they're also, they tend to be a lot of um, musical theater dancers which is not what we're doing so i also wonder whether they're like intimidated by the choreography yeah 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 i get that and i mean your choreography is not easy no no we going for the jan jackson fantasy so anyway uh it looks like i'll be performing all of these gigs with five foot ten me 40 year old me surrounded by four Five foot two, uh, 26 year old white women. So great. <laughs> it's going to feel like I'm back in my dance recitals in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh boy. Uh, and I'm, they're great dancers. I'm not shitting on these uh, ladies who have, who have auditioned. They're really good and I'm looking forward to doing it. And it's going to look fierce, but it's like, I like a diverse from gender to size to, uh everything like i i just like a diverse set of dancers i like us to look like a slice of the community and it's always aggravating when and it also comes down to you just general auditions you know these don't pay a lot and on a socioeconomic scale generally white people have more socioeconomic flexibility to take those low paying gigs and other people like need to fucking work you know 
So there's also that at play. Anyway, so that's my fight. Male dancers, if you're listening to this or you have a male dancer in your life in New York City who would like to make some extra money and perform at some pride festivals and actually do like really cool, really intricate, challenging choreography uh, instead of a two-step, a snap, and a split, um, send them my way. But Giselle, as our special guest star, leave us with some love and light. Some love and light. You know, uh, to, to give this episode a little button, a little wrap up, I'm going to leave love and light to the Rue Girls. Um, it is something, it is, and I, you know, it's something that, you know, Britta is very open about as well, but people love to hate Rue Girls, uh, especially if they get like, if they say something not great on the show or anything like that, or they say they're a little annoying or something happens. But like, for instance, me, like, you know, I watch the show religiously and there are, there are a few queens that I could live without. I'm just like, I just, I don't like them. They're not my thing. Or maybe I'm annoyed by them, but I have gone through and I have met some of these queens and completely shocked at how incredible they are and how so sweet and so caring, Britta being one of them, Laganja being another one. Yeah, these queens are so magical, and I hate the fact that television paints these people to be villains when they're not villains. It's all production, and it's all, you know, TV magic making you think these things that aren't true, and it ruins people's lives. And I want to give love and light to these real girls because they are so kind and so special. And you know, we need more drag queen love in the world. Okay. And the ones that you do see sort of fighting on the show that you think like, okay, well, they are screaming and yelling at someone. So like, maybe they aren't. Um, Just remember, not everyone does well in a competitive environment and under the pressure and probably being their first time on like worldwide television. So like, even if you are watching it, like the, you know, I'll name names, like the Fifi's of the world, the when Roxy in season five was going after Jinx, who I think she fully redeemed herself in All Stars 2, um, all of that, just remember, like, these aren't people who are used to probably this level of, like, scrutiny and competition, and people break and people react poorly. Um, so even if they are behaving poorly, like, don't judge them from that one moment um exactly yeah um um i every except for one every real girl i've ever met has also been extremely kind one of them was not interested in talking to me um (laughs) (laughs) but you know who that is uh and uh yeah no and i i think so we're in the middle of all star seven right now I know that they heavily negotiated with production to to negotiate how that season was going to be conducted. And I know one of the things they said was like, no one is leaving here any less of a winner. Like, that's why no one goes home. And and I think whether it's with production or whether it was a powwow and decision between them, like, and maybe, maybe you know, we're only a couple episodes in, maybe it will happen, but there's no fighting. There's no bullshit. There's no villain. It's just a bunch of really talented people. And and every time someone gets, you know, the golden plunger, because it's not platinum, it's very much gold, um, they, like, they take it in stride and they make it a joke. Like, they're just having fun. And I, I've heard some people who don't like that. 
I love it because the reality shows that I, I don't watch Bad Girls Club and Real Housewives. I watch Great British Bake Off. I watch really talented people all doing their thing and someone wins and everyone else is really happy for them. That's what I like. Yeah. 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 I, I love that too. And it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a pageant that we're watching this time around. And I love it. I love because people are just showcasing their talent and it's incredible. Well, we hope you also love the Rue Girls, and we also hope you love this podcast. If you do, you can drop a comment, uh, hit subscribe. I mean, you've gotten this far. You're obviously already subscribed. But uh, you could recommend it to a friend, anything to help us grow. The more we grow, the more we can get sponsors, the more we can have more Rue Girls on the podcast. Um, you can interact with us on Instagram at at Dying Alone Podcast. You can also find me at Jack Tracy Official. Giselle, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at the only Giselle, J-I-Z-Z-E-L-L-E. Dying Alone Together is brought to you by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can find more from Necessary Outlet at www.necessaryoutlet.com or on the Necessary Outlet YouTube page. Do not forget to like and subscribe. Subscribe.